How's it going, everybody? And welcome to episode number 66 of Master My Garden podcast. In this week's episode, I'm joined by Jill Jones, the Irish Flower Garden. So the Irish Flower Garden is um, a garden in County Wexford. It's a garden of Jill. And Jill has also has a garden podcast, which is we're going to talk about. It's a very interesting podcast, slightly different to my one, but very interesting. She is a very good gardener, a very good photographer, and she also makes products that she sells from her garden, such as garden soaps. She also keeps bees and, and lots of other things. So her tagline is all things green and a bit in between. And I suppose to describe from listening to Jill's podcast, she very much gardens with the flow and that's her sort of tagline. And she'll tell us a little bit about that. So doesn't seem to get too stressed in the garden. And I know a lot of people can get stressed, frustrated and uh, things like that within their garden. But no, Jill definitely seems to grow with the flow, as as she says herself. So, Jill, it's a, a great pleasure to have you on the podcast. Oh, John, nice to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, so uh, I suppose lots, lots to talk about. Um, firstly, the Irish Flower Garden. So maybe tell us a little bit about the garden when it started and you know what the what the sort of garden is 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 at at the moment because i know your podcast is very much about telling the listeners what exactly is happening in the garden week to week and then a little bit in between as you say yourself <laughs> yeah uh, my garden is a, it's a baby garden it's only well it's coming up to five years now um and it's all grown from scratch uh it was a blank canvas when we got here uh it's a tricky site actually it was a very it was a tricky garden to get going in the beginning we're on an elevated site and it's open and exposed so that ha- that brought its own challenges um and yeah i grow with the flow I, I have very little gardening knowledge other than watching gardeners world and you know the usual social media where you pop in a question to google um i have no experience no 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 background knowledge as in i haven't been taught um and i i'm literally learning it on the fly so to say so to speak uh, grow with the flow. That's what I do. And the reason I do that, John, actually, um, we had one European cherry in the garden when we first came. And again, I didn't know what that was. So I had to Google um, and I broke a branch off it. And it was just so sad. I broke a branch and I said, you know, I'm just going to pop that into the ground and see it'll either work or it won't. And it worked. And that has been my ethos ever since. I literally okay. grow with the flow. Yeah. And I think if you love things, you know, if you will them and want them to grow, they will grow. That's my, yeah, yeah, it's a, that's it's my a really interesting philosophy. And just take a step back there. You said you've grown everything from scratch. So in other words, everything that's in your garden currently has been grown from seed or bulbs or. Yep. Uh, apart from the trees. Now, the trees, we uh, obviously we bought them from a nursery. Yeah. Uh, that was the first thing that we popped into the garden. We got 150 fruit trees, of pears, plums, cherries, apples the whole thing. Uh, so they, they obviously weren't grown from scratch by me. 150. Else, 150. Yeah. So this is an um, orchard, really. This is, <laughs> it this is, is a small apple orchard and then the cherries and pears kind of border everything else. And there's an odd fruit tree stuck in here or there. I don't, yeah. I don't do the, you should plant things here and you should plant things there. I kind of, I like it there. So that's where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the, how, how long have you got the fruit trees planted now? um they're five and a half years old now okay so you're you're getting good crops at this stage i got a really good crop last year actually of the cherry trees it was the first time they kind of fruited really really well um and i sat at the kitchen window looking at them getting redder riper and riper not quite ready yet jill 
maybe tomorrow. <laughs> the very next day I went out, John, the birds had them all gone. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so hopefully this year I might get a couple of cherries off it. But it was the, the, the first cherry I ever ate in my life came from a fruit tree that I grew, um, wow. which I did. Yeah, kind of the way I, I have my gardening to do that. Again, with the veg as well. Um much of the things my children ate for the first time came from what I grew for them. So, uh, yeah, the garden yeah. is definitely a, a big part of who we are here in the IFG. Yeah. And um, you you have no experience in garden, as you say, um, although I suspect you're a lot better gardener than you might be giving your credit yourself credit for. And maybe maybe i think it's 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 all relative to your who you're talking to and some of my friends pre-covid of course would come into the garden and they'd say what's that and i'd tell them it's a hybrid tea rose and such <laughs> and such and, and to them i am a, a guru you know yeah. like they think i know everything but of course for me looking at monty and yourself and all the wonderful gardeners out there i'm really just a beginner gardener um yeah, yeah well, I, I guess you've said something there, and I think this is really important for listeners, is that it's relative to who you're talking to. So it's I think it's important as gardeners, and I know this is definitely your philosophy, is to not take it too seriously, not get too bogged down, because I suppose... It, 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 it won't make it pleasurable, but for me, it doesn't. I mean, yeah, it won't make it pleasurable, and I think... Are, yeah. To be fair, and I don't know if it's it, it, it's certainly not deliberate, but it has something that has evolved. There's that much jargon, and I think a lot of simple things are made to sound quite complicated. Overcomplicated, for, absolutely. For yeah. some reason, and uh, you know, I like I like if you went back over the years to the the old style garden center where um, there was one big sign that said plants for shade and everything for shade went in under that and plants for sun went over here and um, yeah. plants to one meter went here and plants to two meter went here and it was a very simple thing and for some reason we seem to have complicated things over the years and definitely definitely it Absolutely. probably has frightened certain people and maybe because they're they're reading all this and looking at all this what looks like complicated stuff that they maybe step step it. away from yeah. it um, I think there might be a, a, a case of information overload out there. Yeah. Um, I, I propagated some lavender last week, hadn't a clue whether I should have. Then I came in and Googled, this is how I do it. I normally do things backwards. I'm <laughs> Irish. That's how I do things. Um, and instantly Google said, yeah, you can do it now or you can do it later. So like there's always two or three or four or five different ways to do things um yeah and different times and there's just too much information out there i literally feel my garden so i felt that row or the lavender would grow so i propped it and it's still it's going it's not quite yeah. rooted yet but it's going and i also have some from seed too but there's so much information out there if if i honestly sat down and tried to create a garden by doing it correctly and getting the correct information i never actually get any gardening done yeah um, so it is just an easy thing for me to to not get bogged down by too much info. Yeah, and I think there's 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 a couple of really critical things there in that you you just said feel your garden, and that's not really, in my eyes, that's not airy fairy type talk. That is, it really is the essence of gardening. I think in that it's important to 
know what your garden is like, you know, temperature wise, mm. weather wise, soil wise. But but that will come through trial and error. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, with the with regards to the experience thing, I mean, when I first came into the garden, the soil we had was so poor under the grass. And of course, as a, a novice gardener or a newbie gardener, I thought, oh, it's grass there. It's growing. It's I could definitely put flowers in there under the soil it was rubble and really, really heavy clay seriously heavy clay that I could make pots out of it's that heavy but it's taken me four years to amend it Um, and in doing that then I learn Uh, so really in all honesty John although I am growing a garden the garden is teaching me as I grow it yeah because every 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 garden is different like that's unusual to have really bad soil in Wexford because it is kind of noted for having good soil Uh, the site itself now uh, was that where they built the house was not a great it right. infilled everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Basically hid everything under the soil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, 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 that, I think that's, um, that is exactly the way people should go about it because the amount of times that people try something and it doesn't work for whatever reason. And then straight away, the, the, the mindset is I can't garden and they kind of block themselves off from trying again and just yeah. say that that's it. I, I, I can't do it. But, I don't know I'm anybody. Try everything, girl. Try it all. Try yeah. it all. Yeah, just because it says it doesn't in a book, you should just try anyway. That's my thought anyway, you know. Yeah, but uh, I actually yeah. don't know anybody at the top, whether you're talking about Monty Don or anybody who who doesn't have fails. It, it's, it's, it's a part of... Learning, yeah. It's part of learning. So everybody has fails, so don't, don't get too bogged down on that. Um, you've started a garden podcast in the last uh, about six months, is it? Um, I think it's going two months, January, February, two months. early this year. Yeah, it's very, yeah. very, very in its infancy again, everything in, about the garden. And the podcast is about the garden, but it's not a gardening podcast. It's the most non-gardening <laughs> garden podcast you could ever, uh, ever come up. It's it's a little insight into the behind the scenes, really, behind the garden. Um, and I am trying to grow a legacy garden. It's a two acre, two, two point something acre garden. Now, it's, it hasn't been planted yet. But it is a documentary style storytelling uh, podcast. So people okay. will get a, an insight into the background of the garden, but also what goes inside my head as I garden and how I garden and I grow with the flow. So it's, a, it's an unusual and it's a strange one, but it's it's very warmly received and uh, we'll continue with that, I think. And when you say you want to build a legacy mm-hmm. garden, what do you mean by a legacy garden? What's, I'd like to. In 50 years time, what do you think? What do you think people have been looking um, at? Hopefully, something that resembles an old Irish garden, um, something that my grandparents would have had. So fruit trees, uh, native wildflowers, wildflower meadow, obviously nice ornamental things in there too. Um, and lots and lots of trees. I really want, I'd love to plant a forest if I could. Um, but it's something that I'm going to grow that will outsee me completely i mean i'm only here for a very short time on this on this tiny dot floating in space but my trees on my on my garden hopefully will remain for many many years after so that's that's when i say legacy that's what i hope it to be hopefully my children will continue to grow uh for me very good thinking actually you know if you're thinking thinking beyond yourself it's a it's a really nice way of looking at a garden and uh I think it's it would be a good way for a lot of people to look at at pieces of land that they have to think to think ahead, uh, think, think further, further ahead. ahead. Yeah.
I will give it a piece of advice to anyone out there who is a newbie gardener like myself, who's only just starting. Please be patient. It's very difficult when you're starting and you've got tiny tree saplings and you're waiting for them to grow. But it does take time and it <laughs> will grow. Uh, that was one of the, the most frustrating things for me, looking at a garden for years and, and not really seeing anything happen. And it's only happening now. Uh, yeah. So be patient. It will happen. So in that is a bit of your learning as well in that you planted the saplings and were hoping for probably, an instant garden. Yeah, <laughs> an instant garden. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so there's a bit of learning in that as well. But but that is that's 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 the way I suppose that's the way gardening is. And uh, as you say, you, you pick it up as you go along and, and, and get better at it, get a better understanding. And I think understanding is the most important part. I think so. I think so, too. Um, I definitely I bring my children outside. Um, I try and apply life lessons, but bring them into the garden, so to speak. Um, yeah, so it, teach, it teaches that. Well, it teaches all of us here in the IFG a lot of life lessons. And yeah, it's uh, definitely something that benefits our life more than the garden. I think I definitely receive more from my garden than it gets from from me, I think. And you, you bring your kids into the garden. So do are they coming out and actually helping with you, with the garden? <laughs> I'd like to say yes. Occasionally, my teenager will come out and he'll lift a spade and and help his mom dig big holes and things like that. But my littlest guy, now he he likes to play Minecraft. So I say turn off the the virtual Minecraft and come outside and play real Minecraft. And he'll dig down even in my beds, which I don't mind because he's outside. Um, and he'll find little uh, purplish kind of stones. And he'll say it's a never rock or something from Minecraft. So, yeah, they, yeah, I try and get them out as much as possible. No, no, it doesn't happen all the time now. I'd yeah. rather if it would be out there a lot more, but no. They okay. And from kids. from your own childhood, uh, I know when we spoke off air, you were saying that your earliest memories were of your, I think your, you said your dad growing vegetables in South County, Dublin. Yeah, my granddad actually first, my granddad and Annie, they, they, I think they come from the, you know, different time, different era. They grew, they had a little greenhouse and they grew tomatoes and uh, they were very much like pre-war or post-war uh, mindset. Um, but that was when I was a very small child. Uh, moving up then into my uh, teens, I suppose, or early teens, my father had a little vegetable patch out the back again, growing tomatoes and carrots and things like that. Um, so it's it's always been in the background, but I never really paid much attention to it, obviously, until I had my own garden. And of mm. course, then all those memories come back and all those those life lessons that they were obviously trying to teach me back then. But I wasn't aware until I had my own garden. Yeah, excellent. Um, your ph photography um, is superb. Your, I know you, you. I know you sell prints and we can talk about those in a minute. But are you a photographer as well? I am. I'm a fully qualified photographer. Uh, I used to I used to work in a studio for an Australian company taking portraits, um, and I kind of went blind to it. To be fair, uh, flashy lights all day long. You get you lose the artistic um, reasoning behind photography, um, okay. and for that that's what it is for me. Photography is an artistic form of expression, and I kind of put my camera away for a decade, and only when I came out to grow a garden. I I had no clue what this plant was. I had grown from seed bomb or whatever, and I'd have to Google it and see, you know, what is this flower? Uh, so that's when my love for photography came back into floral photography. Um, and it just it just took off then. You know, people messaged me, can I can I have your prints? And I said, 
sure we may as well just go with the flow with that one too and and start selling some some prints yeah and you're yeah you certainly have an eye for it um I know personally I don't have an eye for for <laughs> photographs I'm probably one of the worst people in the world for taking photographs um I might not, take a good photograph, but I don't I don't get a good photograph of me taken. I think most photographers are comfortable behind the lens rather than in front of the lens. And, you know, flowers are such a well-behaved uh, model. You know, they yeah. sit there all day in the sunlight waiting for the photo to be taken. I mean, <laughs> I really just press a couple of buttons. And yes, there's a bit of technical stuff that goes on in the background. But in all honesty, Mother Nature is providing the beauty. I'm just putting it on paper, really, when you think about it. That's how I look at it anyway. Yeah, probably I agree to a certain extent, but there's no no doubt you have an eye for it, um, an eye for putting it together, let's say, or, or, yeah. or maybe seeing the photograph. I see the flower yeah. and snap yeah. the flower, but you might see a whole photograph, which yeah, you can you can clearly see that in in your in your Instagram feed, particularly. But the Instagram feed now mostly is kind of like almost mug shots, I would say. But that's what I call them, mug shots. The they're very straight on forward facing floral uh, photography because my garden isn't quite expanded yet. I have, I, you know, it's like taking a close up of somebody's face and then coming back and taking a full group shot. I can't quite yet come back and take a full garden shot yet because it's just not quite there yet. So okay. I'll, I'll continue with the, the the florals on the on the on the micro and the macro level. Very good. Um, I know you you're making some products from your garden and you're keeping bees and yeah. I suppose part of that then you have things like lip balm and you have really beautiful looking uh, soap that you're making from your garden. So tell us a little bit about those. Well, the soap now and the lip balm and bees, we got some bees and we said, great, we're going to have honey because that was one of the first things someone had mentioned to us coming here. Make sure you get local honey, whack it into the kids because, you know, it's a different area, it's a different region. You're going to get sick regardless, you know, because it's just a different environment. And we, of course, didn't believe them. And lo and behold, the moment we moved here, we were all just really run down and really sick. And it was the environment, I suppose, a new change of environment. Um, and I went to a local store and they had some some honey, lavender honey, actually, it was. And I start putting spoonfuls of that into the kids. And all of a sudden we, we had loads of energy. We weren't so sick anymore. And all the hay fever and stuff went away. And I said, OK, maybe it's time we should get some bees. Um, so, yeah, we've got a small little apiary, uh, four hives, and they're doing very well. Now, last year was terrible, terrible, terrible weather for bees. Yeah. Um, they didn't produce very much honey. And I, de de I definitely didn't want to take it away from them. So we left them with all the honey that they produced last year. Hopefully this year is going to be a bit better, but they're they're doing great. Yeah, they're they're happy out in the garden, and they're and pollinating everything for me, which is a bonus, you know. Yeah, and you have it obviously down near the fruit trees. Yeah, over in the wood garden, it's uh, it's it's quite close to the house actually when you think about it. But uh, for us, it's it's not a bother. I mean, I'm in the garden crawling around the shrubs and flowers, and there's bees on me, and yeah, it doesn't bother me really. Other people yeah. might think, oh my god, <laughs> too many bees about, but uh, yeah. And they're primary pollinators is what they are. Really. Yeah, they're super. And you started, I, I guess, your knowledge of bees wasn't extensive when you got them. So you were you were learning on the fly again with this. Yeah. Yeah. The bees um, now we have our bee guy. We call her our bee guy. He comes in. He set us up with the little agrees. He got us some bee boxes um, with the idea that like it's like a little knowledge transfer. So okay. he would teach us as he produces the honey on our land and then the COVID came in of course so 
that all went out the window. So we're still very basic with the knowledge, even though our bee suits are all there hanging, yeah. waiting to get going. Uh, so we have got a guy because I wouldn't really trust myself now, in all honesty, just to keep bees and have no notion of it. You know, it's it's yeah. not fair on anybody, I don't think. So he's he's still there in the background and he still looks after them now. Once COVID is lifted, he'll be able to give us all the knowledge that we need and how to produce and uh, look after our bees and our queens and our swarms and things like that. And how to feed them during the winter if they if they don't produce enough honey for themselves, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's another learning thing, I think, for the garden. Yeah, it's a... Bees is something that's definitely on my agenda. Um, I re well, I always eat honey. Or, uh, I have it in porridge. I have it in tea. So I use at least a jar of honey a week. Uh, probably way too much, I would guess. But it's hard hard enough to get local honey, and I definitely would like would like to have bees myself uh, for that reason. Sure, so, uh, I find them intriguing as well, and uh, yeah, I just definitely something that's on the agenda when I have a little bit more time to learn about them, yeah. I guess. There's plenty of um, uh, beekeeping societies out there as well. They do webinars and things like that, um, which is great. I love webinars. I'm always trying to expand my knowledge. But for me, personally speaking, it's, I'm a hands-on girl. I've got to, you know, you've got to show me. I've got to get stuck in there. Uh, so you, I could read all the books in the world and that knowledge will just go outside the other ear. Uh, unless I'm doing it myself, mm-hmm. it's not going to be absorbed. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that is always the always the best way. For me, that's the way I take things in most as well. I'm okay to, I guess, scan a book mm-hmm. and just pick up the basics, but you don't really, well, I don't really learn until I actually start doing it. And then you, yeah, you, that's you it. figure it out as you go. It becomes in the brain. Then you, it's, a, it's a fundamental knowledge that you grow on then, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your garden, tell me what's happening uh, this year. Is there any, any big plans, anything anything new or different that's that's happening? Uh, anything that you're growing that Let maybe you didn't grow is, before? Is anything that I'm growing this year new? Um, let me see. No, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing the normal things I would normally do in the garden. Uh, dahlias, uh, seed bombs, uh, yes. where I love... I love seed bomb in my garden. It was actually the very first thing I did when I came in. I had a clue, very little space to grow, very little pots and all that type of thing. And I just said, just throw it, Jill. And I did. And uh, it grew up all around me. It was lovely. So I, I do that year and year. So I have uh, three quarters, I think, of an acre. I don't know the size. There's a big space out the side anyway, the wood garden. That's been scattered with seed bombs yep. and any L seeds I have at the, back, the bottom of the press. And hopefully that's just going to be wild. Um, but this year I'm concentrating on getting the big garden set, set up. Um, so I, I really need to propagate hundreds, hundreds of hedgings and tree saplings and stuff to go into that. Uh, that's a big, that's a big, big job. Uh, but the immediate yeah. garden, no, it's the same thing that everyone else is doing, I think. Um, yeah, so dahlias um in your in your seed bombs because i know you make those yourself don't you i do yeah but when i say i make them myself i literally wait for all the flowers to go to seed grab all the seeds head uh leave them mix them all up in the following spring of course with some compost and some clay from the garden and fling them everywhere yeah. in there there's and what's cone flowers. what seed are you, what seed is going into the into the seed bombs uh, there's co- you know not Cone flowers are in there there's some chamomile gallardia they're all mostly annuals now i will say that go in there it's yeah. only what i have really in the garden um and then there are a couple of packet of wildflower seeds that i buy in the shop then there are just chucked everywhere uh, so hopefully there's every year in the garden there's something new 
that I haven't had before. So I'll have to wait until summer comes or when they all start blooming and then we're like, oh, you're new. Hello, welcome to my garden. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're, we're getting towards the end here, Jill. Um, it's been a real pleasure ch- talking to you. Oh, thanks um, so much, John. It was a pleasure to have a chat with you. Yeah, your podcast, your podcast is super. Uh, so people should really go check that out. And I hope it continues to go from success, success to success with you. And thank you very, very much for coming on Master My Garden podcast. Thanks a million, John. Take care. So that's been this week's episode. A really interesting chat with Jill. Uh, as I said, that uh, the podcast, it's it's not your your typical, as she said herself, it's not your typical garden podcast, but really excellent listening and actually really entertaining listening as well. I enjoy it. Um, you know, they're, as I say, not not the typical typical type gardening podcast. So really, really interesting. And her Instagram feed, you should definitely check that out. It's the quality of the of the pictures are superb in it. So really looking forward to seeing this over the next couple of years. If you're enjoying Master My Garden podcast, please share it with all your gardening friends. And as always, if there's a question that you'd like me to cover or a topic that you'd like me to cover, just let me know and I'll do my best to cover it in the episode. So that's been this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And until the next time, happy gardening. Mm-hmm.